This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 65. Over the last few episodes, we've been exploring what it means to first design and create your life based on your vision, values, what's important to you. How do you want to live your life? And we've also been exploring what to do when emotions show up in our life as we are creating this path ahead of us, going from a very relaxed comfort zone to a transformed but definitely lots of discomfort filled growth zone. And as promised this month, we are going to really explore more on how habits can help you in this journey, in this transformation, and how habits can help you get to your results faster, easier, and with a lot more fun. So stay tuned today. Let's talk about the neuroscience behind habits. Now, I know a lot of you are probably like, we don't need to hear the signs. We just want to get to what are the habits that are going to get me the results that I want. And I promise you, we're going to cover all of that and more over the next month. But today we really need to get back to that science. This topic really brought out the nerd in my own brain. And it's been really mind blowing to learn more and more about our brain. Our brain is an incredible organ that grows in its mysticism and mysteriousness. The more I learn about it. Now, I have been learning about habits and habit design, habit implementation, probably since early 2000s. I used to coach on habits and how to implement them before I even officially became a coach. And that's because to me, habit was the space where I could automate something in my brain and take out the thinking so that I could do more. I would say the first 30 years of my life was really just about finding any brain hack available to help me be more productive. Productive at that time, for me, the definition was really how to do more. So I want to do more. I want to be more productive. I want to be more efficient with my time. Guess what? Habit was the way to go. And in fact, the more I learn about it, really, there is so many ways to use habits to create transformation in our lives. So it's important to understand how does this all work? So we start first with exploring consciousness. Our conscious thoughts are the thoughts that we have awareness of, but the majority of our 
our brain, of our thoughts, of our experiences and emotions and motivations, etc., and our brain finality. And what I mean by that is things that keep us doing what we do, the things that allow us to show up even when it's hard, and the factors that keep us procrastinating, that keep us in a space of guilt over something or FOMO or frustration or being stuck or being in overwhelm. A lot of these emotions and experiences really lives in our subconscious mind. Now, subconscious, right underneath consciousness, we can raise awareness of it. It does take some work, some tools that we use to gain awareness of our subconsciousness. How do we gain access to that space? Because that's gold. That is really the underlying foundation of how our day functions and how we show up. So I think definitely understanding that space and learning how to really connect to that is critical. In fact, it's a lot of the coaching work that I do as well is to get into that space, to figure out what's the actual problem, to do a root cause analysis of what is not going right, and also exploring what is going right and how do we do more of it? What is bringing us joy? How do we do more of that? How can we maximize our time? Now, how do we do more of that? So all of that is great info. And I just want to highlight one more space that we are not going to explore today, but I just wanted to bring your attention to it. That there are other spaces of consciousness in our mind. And in my research and reading, I have found a few that I think are worth mentioning. One is the unconscious space. This is a space that really, even with deep connection and self-awareness and introspection, mindfulness, all of that, even with all of that, it is hard to connect to that unconscious space. There's no actual road to it. There's not even a dirt path. That is a space that you can build and grow. And it requires even deeper, even more specialized tools to build that road. So that's a topic of discussion for another time. And there is a lot of fascinating, incredible data that we could find in our unconscious space if we could only act. So that is like brain hacking 10.0. A few other spaces are things like our super conscious and how do we connect even deeper to that intuition and utilizing our sixth and seventh senses, all of those things. Again, lots of brain hacking options. We will explore some of those later, but let's come back now to our subconscious space. So let's first define habits. So a lot of us think of habits as just what we do. Oh, it's my habit to drink coffee in the morning. I wake up at this time. I like to go work out after I do that, or I have this habit of reading at night, whatever it may be. We just think these are actions that we take. And yes, that is part of the definition of habits. But I want you to open your mind to the possibility that habits are actually just a way of being. So habits are a pattern of thinking, feeling, or doing that are repeated and are, for the most part, acquired subconsciously or unconsciously. Now you understand why the science is important, because if we don't know where it's coming from, how do we really consciously design our habits, right? How do we hack into the thing that we already do from a space that we're not even aware of? And now we figure out how to build that pathway, but in a way that is intentional 
intentionally designed, connected to our goals, connected to how we want our life to be, and giving us a framework to make our life a little easier. We don't get credit if we do things the hard way, right? It doesn't matter whether you do things the easy way or the hard way. People are really just looking at what are the results. So coming back to that space of subconscious habit activity, there's a few things that I want to point out so that we're aware of them. Now, I promise you, this is not going to be an in-depth neuroscience discussion, but I think that when we talk about the neuroscience and psychology of habit design and habit building, there are going to be a few parts of the brain that we're going to pay some attention to. First thing, one of the key factors that really defines habits, right? This is how we know it's a habit is that it has now become an automatic behavior. It is just something that you do. If ever you experience a cue and a cue is essentially like the trigger that creates that particular habit. So your cue gets triggered, then you do the habit. The reason why a lot of habits happen subconsciously, unconsciously, et cetera, is because this habit then gives you some reward. There is some dopamine rush that happens after your habit. And that little boost of dopamine, that feeling good and connecting to that action actually makes those neural pathways get stronger and stronger. And as we go from building a dirt path to a completely paved road in our brain, mind you, that's how our habits become so automatic, so strong, the craving, right? The craving to experience that dopamine rush is so connected to that trigger point. And of course, we are going to keep repeating this habit. Even if we might decide, you know what, this habit really is not serving me. It's not connected to my vision and values and all the good stuff. So I'm going to just stop this habit to uh, build a new habit to connect again to my goals and vision values, etc. And it turns out it, it's not that simple. We don't get to just say, okay, paved road of, of neural connection. I'm done with this now, it just doesn't work that way. Now, the good news is that our brain has a amazing ability to grow, to change, to develop and evolve. And that is called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to actually change, not just as physical structure, but also how it functions, how it forms these neuronal connections. And it is based on our external stimuli, like what are what is happening around us that forms our cues, our triggers, and our thoughts, feelings, and actions, behaviors, essentially, then helps us build ongoing connections between different nerve cells, neurons. Now, for anyone interested in books on habits, I have a few to really share with you. I pretty much get any book that has the word habit in its title, and I love reading more on the details of designing and implementing and all of those things. The book that really got me started started when exploring the research and the science behind habits is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And he essentially did a whole ton of research looking at how do we form habits? Which part of our brain is involved? How are habits used in our everyday marketing and advertising businesses to create that 
cue to create that craving, to build our connection to our reward and our response, the actions that we take. And the reality is that many businesses really take this knowledge and use it to market, to advertise, to sell their product and to create popularity for their product. So the part of the brain that is important for motivation and habit formation is the basal ganglia. The key thing to understand here is that our brain wants to be efficient. So the more that we can automate, the easier it is for the brain. And even if we don't consciously decide to do this, what happens is when we do something and we go through the the cue, craving, response, reward, as described by James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, our brain explores, okay, this is what I need to do now. How can I automate this? How can I actually just get this done on autopilot without really using up my brain and memory and my mental energy. And that's how, for the most part, we get up and we do things. And at the end you go, oh, I don't remember. Did I do that? What happened? That is your brain creating ease in your life. Now, the only problem is if only these were done in a way that is intentional, right? These were done in a way that allowed you to achieve your goal a little faster, a little easier. Perfect. But these types of habits, formation, it really doesn't have the same type of intention setting, the same type of attention and focus. So they don't always work in our favor. But again, good news is now that we know that our basal ganglia is a key aspect of our habit formation, now that we know that our neuronal connections, the roads that we build between different neurons to create that action, that habit, which will ultimately give us the results that we want. And even better is that we don't need to consciously think and worry what's going to happen. And oh my goodness, maybe I'm not so good at this. And all of the limiting beliefs, the habitual patterns of thinking that keeps us stuck. If we can let that all go and explore, how can we create that shift either in the feelings that we're generating or the actions? And then what we do is we break down the actions and we decide, okay, what is the simplest version of this particular exercise. And we first build that. These are building blocks, right? And James Clear refers to that as atomic habits. BJ Fogg, who's another researcher and author of Tiny Habits. There are mini habits. There are so many different versions. I call my version of it nano habits. And it's really the simplest version of my ultimate experience, action, goal, etc. And how can I use it in a way that makes sense in my life, that creates ease, and it helps us with the mental clutter, especially, and the chitter chatter that constantly either real chitter chatter outside of us, other people talking, all these distractions, and it could be internal chitter chatter where we have all these thoughts. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not good at it. Maybe I shouldn't be the one to do this. What will they think? I feel like this is something I have to do, but I don't really want to do it. And this is the worst time. All of the thoughts that come rushing back when you're not in the moment with habit design. When we talk about neuroplasticity, that is really helping our brain rewire itself based on an intentional way of thinking, being, living. And we're exploring that space of building our neural network with intention. Something important to know is the quote, neurons that 
fire together will wire together. And this was first suggested by psychologist Donald Hebb. This is a key way for us to use our cues, our triggers to create that next part of our habit cycle or a habit loop. Now we're going to talk more about how to design and build out a habit loop. But for this week, I want you to explore what are your cues and triggers? This week is about building awareness on what are the neural pathways that already exist in our brain. And I would even invite you one step further to journal about this. So I want you to walk around with a small notebook or you can create just a little document on Google Drive or your note-taking app, any of these. But I want you to write down all the things that you are doing, okay? So for instance, this is an example of what it might look like on a day for me. When I get up, I write down, this is the time that I woke up. And I just reflect for a second, is this typical for me? Do I always wake up at this time? What is my habit for waking up? Then I look at my morning ritual. What are the things that I do in the morning? The first thing that I do when I wake up, what is that? What is it that my brain is craving to do? How does my morning flow? What are some of the feelings and thoughts that come up? And then I look at what my, what the remainder of my morning is like. What, when do I typically eat? What are other activities that I tend to do? Now, most of us, we have different days. Every day is a little bit different. You want to have a day where you're not super busy, that you can take time to do some of these thought explorations and looking at what might work for you. And then you continue on. What happens in the afternoon? Who are the people that you tend to hang out with? What are the feelings? What are the thoughts that are coming up? Are there things that make your day harder? Are there things that make your day easier? Where does ease come from? And what I mean by that is what is it actually that makes your life easier? And what is it that makes it harder? And I want you to be as detailed as possible. And what are ways that you are currently finding support? Is that built into your day or do you really have to work to create that? At what point in the day do you feel tired? Are there times that you do things that you have said you are not going to? So I'm asking, what are the spaces where you say, this is what I want to do? And are you doing what you said you are going to do? It could be related to eating. It could be related to activity. It could be related even to the things that you think about, you ruminate on, you promise you're going to call somebody or go visit somebody, but maybe you don't want to, et cetera. I want you to explore that. What is that about? Why is that happening? Is there an evening routine? What does that look like? Is your day built out of intention, meaning you plan it ahead of time and then it happens? Or do you find yourself kind of thinking throughout the day, oh, I don't know what I need to do next. Sheesh, I don't know what's happening. This is not what I thought my day was going to be like. And somehow other people's agenda expectations have kidnapped my day, essentially. And how are you ending your day? Are there moments for reflection? So the way our day goes, a lot of it are automated behaviors, our habits that we are not even aware of. We don't even know it's happening. And when you journal, creating awareness on your daily routines, it allows us to shine a little flashlight into our subconscious and connect to what is it that we are doing. I'm going to end this session by sharing a quote by Joe Dispenza. Now, he wrote a book called Breaking the Habit of Being You. And I love his definition of habit. A habit is 
is a redundant set of automatic, unconscious thoughts, behaviors, and emotions that are acquired through repetition. A habit is when you've done something so many times that your body now knows how to do it better than your mind. What a beautiful definition. Our body does things without really our brain even thinking and processing this because that is just the way we've trained it to. And the good news is when we have trained our brain to do something, we can actually change that. We can recreate that. It does require some element of design and targeted implementation, but isn't that what all habit design and implementation is? It's really just knowing what you want, creating a very focused, intentional way to make it happen. Thank you so much for sharing in this discussion and exploration with me. I'm excited to explore how we can design and implement habit changes in a way that creates ease and flow in our life by design. Now, if you are ready to design and create your dream life, if you want to create something different than what you've been seeing, but you aren't quite sure how to get started, then join me in this journey today. There are so many ways for you to connect with me and for me to help you. You can join my private Facebook group where I support women who are experiencing overwhelm and burnout to really connect to themselves, to design their dream life, to create clarity and live with intention and authenticity. And if you want to take it even deeper and really apply this to your life, if you're tired of being in the same place every day, having the same problems and not understanding or not knowing how to create that change, then I invite you to set up a time and talk to me. You can schedule a call with me. You can find all of this information on the show notes and we can explore together what this means to your unique set of needs. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then I invite you to explore this because the truth is nothing changes if nothing changes. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story, to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.